Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome, everyone, to another uh, version of the Tennis Legends Vodcast on Eurosport. Today, I am so excited to be joined by, and I'm going to go with you first, Patrick Moratoglu, uh, the one and only. Uh, of course, uh, Patrick, you have your own tennis academy down in Nice. You have one outside of Paris. You've been coaching Serena Williams. We are very familiar with everything you do. And then one uh, of your up-and-coming players, who I know you work a little bit, Alexi Popperin. Uh, Alexi, thank you so much for, for being with us here on Eurosport. And uh, today, I am actually going to start uh, with you, Alexi. Tell me how things are going, being a professional tennis player under these very weird times. How do you feel and, and have you been able to play any tennis? Well, um, I think the first couple of months were very, very difficult. Um, I think they were difficult for everybody, you know. But then about a month ago, I started training once the UTS got announced. Um, and, you know, it's, it's just, I'm, I'm great right now. I'm living the dream, you know, playing UTS for my first two matches. It's, it's going really well now. So, Patrick, obviously one week has gone uh, in the Ultimate Tennis Showdown. What, what's the reactions? What's the feeling after the first, the first weekend? Well, there was a lot of stress because everything was new and we put so much effort. We wanted to, to see how it would look like. Uh, on the paper, it looked great, but uh, it's a different thing when it comes to reality. And, uh, and I'm happy with the result. I think the players were excited to play. Uh, so, and and they, they did everything that we expected. Uh, they played 100%. They were so motivated to win. Uh, they were happy to answer the questions at every changeover, which was completely new for them. And I know it's on the paper, it's not something they love to do, but they, and they said good stuff that was really interesting. Uh, the coaching, you know, all the things we imagined uh, happened. And the most important also uh, is the, the fact that this format is short. Uh, we wanted to, to keep it within an hour and we wanted this hour to be intense. Um, we wanted a lot of things to happen and we wanted close matches to have suspense which mm. brings emotion. And we had all that. All the matches got really tight. A lot of matches ended up with a sudden death, which is the ultimate uh, uh, stress possible for the players and for the audience also. So everything went great. Uh, I mean, of course, a lot of things to, to improve as always, but we have a, a full list and now we can focus on, on what needs to be improved. We don't have to rethink the format because it doesn't work. So that's a, that's, that's a great thing. Alexi, uh, I mean, obviously, we're going to go into a little bit of the rules just now, but, but the, the first thing that you see as a spectator, there is no crowd, no people really watching. How 
do you as a player feel about that? Because there's a lot of talk about that. Well, you know, I think me being uh, ranked not, not very high, so just outside the top 100 as of now, I played a lot of qualifying tournaments. And when you play those qualifying tournaments, there's not much crowd watching. So I'd say I'm kind of used to it right now. But, um, you know, we've got all, all I'd say any player needs is, is their team, is their support box, and then they, they can go full out. They're, they're whole, their whole team, they have, them, they have them behind their back and they push them and they can go full out and compete. And I think that's, that's all we need as players. Fans are, fans are also like, we play for the fans. We play for, for, the, for, the, for their cheering and for them also. But, um, you know, at the, in these times, it's, it's, it's impossible to have fans watching. So this is the next best, best thing, I'd say. What's the one rule that you would take 15 seconds between points? What is the, the one thing you would bring from UTS onto the regular tour? I would say the 15 seconds between points. I think that that will do wonders for 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 the for the tour. Um, you know, it, it'll keep everything shorter. It'll keep uh, keep things more compact. There won't be such long delays in between um, in between points. You know, and what I realize is is players they they stop going for the towel. They don't have a towel at the back when when playing this format in UTS. So that that really is difficult, and um, it's not what players are used to. And I think I think it's great though. I think it's really um, really fun, really really quick paced, and that, I think that's what tennis needs. I think it's a bit too slow right now. Patrick, you you've been I've been uh, listening to some interviews you've done um, about the Ultimate Tennis Showdown, and you talk a little bit about that tennis needs I uh, need some personalities out there, and it used to be better before when John McEnroe, uh, the likes of him, uh, and Elena Stas. But what do you mean, really? What 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 does tennis need that you think is not there at the moment? You know, first I'm on tour all year, so I'm in touch with the fans because they're around, and they, and there is honestly not one day without a fan coming to me at least, um, sometimes several, telling me it was better before. And I always ask why, and the answer is always the same because we had better personalities before. And I I always answer that's not true because I think we have great personalities, but they don't express themselves on the court the way they used to. That's a big difference. Yeah. And I think the, I think people are missing that because, you know, for us it's enough because we are real, real core tennis fans. We love, to, I mean, more than fans, but we love tennis for what it is, and we don't need anything else. Uh, but for the people who are not tennis fans, I think they would, it would be great for them if they could have a bit more than just two guys hitting a tennis balls. Uh, also having show personalities. Uh, you know, the world has changed a lot those last 10 years. And, and uh, I think there is so much more offer on the market. We are competing with uh, all the social medias. We're competing with Netflix. We're competing with so many other sports that were not even existing in the 80s when I and 70s when I started to love tennis and when tennis became really successful. And we have to be able to compete with those. And if we don't, if, we, if our format is extremely long, which is the case, the way we count the points is extremely complicated for someone who doesn't know. And plus, you see two guys who are hitting tennis balls, but maybe between, let's say, 8 and 20% of the time. So that means that between 92% of the time and 80% of the time, they're doing nothing, like yeah. nothing interesting. Walking, uh, using their towels, choosing their balls, bouncing. That, that's, a, that's a reality. And it's extremely difficult for someone who's not a fan to get into tennis, especially today where 
everything is so fast. Uh, the way people consume videos be changed completely. We know it's on Facebook, the average time spent on a video is eight seconds. Uh, all the TV shows are made with 20 seconds uh, scenes that because otherwise they lose the, the, the attention of the people. So that's how it is. Mm -hmm. So I think it's interesting also to propose a different way to showcase tennis that it's a, an easier entrance for people who don't know tennis. And I'm sure that if we, if we succeed, by bringing new people to tennis, it's gonna it's gonna be great for the whole tennis industry, and those people can get into classical tennis also afterwards. Patrick, obviously, uh, coaching is allowed. You're one of the most uh, famous and accomplished coaches in tennis. Uh, how does does every player agree with that? That's playing an ultimate tennis showdown. How does that work? I spent like 30 to 45 minutes with each of the players before they signed in to explain why we're doing that. What's the goal? Uh, explain the rules and I wanted to make sure that they really felt extremely comfortable and excited to do it. Otherwise, I tell them, no problem. If you don't like it, I mean, no, zero problem for me, but I prefer to have players who who like it and, and want to do it 100%. So, uh, and and honestly, uh, everybody had explained the, the rules and they were excited to try. They didn't, they didn't know if they would love it or like it or dislike it, but they wanted to try and it sounded fun and, and exciting. And they all use the, of course, the coaching. I mean, they don't choose to use the coaching. The coach hits the buzzer and decides and stops the match and decides that's the time that my player needs coaching. So I, I made it, did it the other way compared to what exists on the WTA when it's the, the, the player that calls the coach. Uh, also, I want the coaches to enter the court with the player. I want to promote coaching and the coaches because I think they're a, a big part of, of what of the success or not that, uh, of the players. Uh, they're working extremely hard all year long, uh, sometimes in very difficult conditions. And I think they deserve more respect than what they have because they are out of the court. I mean, they can watch, but they should shut up. And they're, they're basically nobody in the tennis world. And I think it's a bit hard and I don't think it's very fair. And in other sports, they're much more, uh, they have more attention and, and more respect. And, and I, if, if I can help for that, I'm happy to do it. And I think also, and that's completely the idea of the format. Uh, I, I would say that that classical tennis, you are outside and you're watching for outside. Actually, the camera is, is high and back on a very high position and you look from, from outside. The idea of UTS is to see it from inside. So mm -hmm. be inside the head of the player because we interview him at every changeover to understand what he's going through emotionally, tech, tactically, etc. And he give, and they gave a lot also, and that was very interesting. Be inside the relationship between the coach and the player and understand more about uh, how they work together, their story and their tactics throughout the coaching, but also some moments that uh, that we film. Um, so that's that's uh, being inside as much as possible. And of course, the camera is lower, and it's it's something that I wanted, and probably will go even lower, like as much as possible uh, at the level of the player, because that's where you realize how fast the game is. You see mm -hmm. all the trajectories, you see the spin, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Patrick. Black Lives Matter is such a huge mo movement around the world. And I know you, you and the players are supporting it. Talk a little bit about what you, what you think we can do uh, as tennis fans, as tennis organizers to, to promote uh, equality around the world for men, women, and different cultures and minorities. I think it's a problem that exists forever, uh, racism. Uh, but we're in 2020 and to be still where we are, I think it's, 
it's a bit depressing. Uh, in some countries, of course, it's worse than, than others. Uh, but racism is still happening in every country. And, um, and I think that, you know, in the history, there are some momentums. And I think this, at the moment, we are in that kind of momentum when we, because of the, the terrible thing that happened uh, lately in the US, which quite, uh, actually happened quite often, but I don't know why. At the moment, there is a movement. And I think we, I feel that it's our responsibility to support it as much as we can, uh, because we can make a difference. We, we, have, uh, we have fans. We as personalities, or we throughout organizations, uh, we have exposure, and uh, and I think that all the people that uh, want to stand against racism have a responsibility. And if we don't do anything, in a way, we're saying something. Also, we're saying we don't care or we don't want to be involved. I don't think it's it's a good thing not to be involved because it's about uh, humans. It's about who we are, all of us, and uh, it's easy to stay back and not to be involved when you're not personally touched but you have to also think about others that are not in the same situation as us and have to suffer from it and we we, we have to realize that even th 30 40 years ago it was still unbelievable in the us uh i was uh, having lunch with the, the the father of coco in delray beach when they are from and he was telling me you see this street here when i was a kid and he's not that old he's my age i mean he's old but not that old. He was saying, you see this street? When I was a kid, I was not allowed to cross that street because I was black and that was the line. This was in Florida like 30 years ago. So, yeah. you know, this is where we, we have to realize that. And sometimes sure. it's easy to forget and not to look at it, but I think we should. I actually, I couldn't agree more. And uh, Patrick, finally, um, obviously you have put um, your organization at the forefront of uh, trying to do something what have you done and uh, serena with the racism with black lives matter uh with serena having gone through a lot of stuff what, what have you guys put into place that will help the cause do you feel well this is a movement i really want to support as much as possible i decided to also donate money to the to, to a movement that supports uh, the, the black community against the oppression and uh, so i decided that every card that is going to be played during the whole event, so it's, it's like 50 matches and there are uh, technically four cards per quarter and four quarters and plus multiplied by 50 matches, so quite a lot. So mm -hmm. We'll give $50 to uh, each of the cards that is played. We're going to give $50 to one of those uh, movements. And uh, Serena had, of course, uh, especially coming from a, a, a tough uh, neighborhood, uh, the, the whole Williams family, she had to go through a a lot, a lot of, of difficulties, much more than someone who's, of course, uh, wealthy and white. Yeah. That's, uh, that's how it is. And, and I'm proud of Coco, and I want to say it too, because she's 16, and the way she has been able to also support this cause at only 16 years old. I don't know if you saw the speech that she's made, but it's, I mean, yeah, it's, I saw she's, it. she's, from, she's from another planet, really. Yeah. I've never yeah. seen something like this. So. Yeah. I'm so proud of them. We have a pretty sensitive situation coming up with the U.S. Open. I'd be interested to know what you guys feel about it. Um, first of all, you have now played in front of no people. Uh, how, how would you feel playing like a U.S. Open, Alexei, without, without people there? How does that look and feel? Well, um, I think the idea is good, but, um, you know, 
they've also got to think about how us players feel about going to compete in US Open. You know, we're leaving we're leaving a safe place of our home to to travel to maybe get to risk to get infected by the virus. Um, you know, and right now that place where you where US Open is is meant to be held is is a hospital. Right. So um, it's it's very it's 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 kind of scary to think that in a month or or in two months there's going to be a tournament held there. Um, yeah. So I think I think it's great that they have the idea, but I think they also need to see our concerns as players because not only is it flying there, it's flying back to where we live, and um, and maybe getting we have to be quarantined for two weeks mm-hmm. uh, when we get home. So we and we don't want to do that. So it's 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 a very tricky very tricky situation, and um, you know I, I really hope they make a a decision that's best for everyone. Mm. Uh, Patrick, obviously you being uh, uh, so close with uh, Serena, um, I mean, do you think she would and should she? And does a U.S. Open victory for her potentially mean it's a real twenty fourth? I mean, what? Uh, Talk to us about Serena and what you think she might think. First of all, it's a Grand Slam, and you know how much uh, respect she has for those tournaments. So she definitely would want to play 100%. Uh, to be clear, I didn't speak to her about that yet. Sure. Uh, it's one of the things that are on my list that we need to speak about. So I don't know her position, but for sure she wants to play 100%. Yeah. Uh, the, the only thing is, what are the conditions? Because... Uh, there are some conditions she will not accept, I guess. I don't see her three weeks without her daughter because she didn't spend one day without her in her life and I don't think she wants. So that would well, that would be a no-go, I guess, if, if she can't bring um, her daughter. So if she doesn't bring her, if she does bring her daughter and I heard that the players could bring only one person, then I'm out, which is maybe a good news because if you look at the results we had in, in Grand Slam finals lately, maybe she will have a better success with her daughter than me. So maybe she will win her 24th. So that's, that's a good news. Um, so I, I don't know. It's difficult. Does the condition uh, match what I can accept or not? I think that's mm-hmm. basically what all the players are thinking of. R- risk taking is one, one thing. Um, can I go with one person or is it a problem for me? So for the people who have children and families, stay three to four to maybe five weeks without them, will they accept it? There are a lot of ifs. I mean, there is also something I want to say that I, to me is important. I think that a lot of players are a bit tough with the ATP, the WTA and the Grand Slams at the moment. They are requesting a lot of things. And I think they need to realize also that the situation is extreme. And, uh, you know, the, the, those the governing bodies are feeding them all year long and feeding them quite well, actually. Uh, and I think they have to think about them also. When the mother is in trouble, you don't, you don't shoot the mother. Uh, the mother is feeding you every day and you have also to accept to do some efforts at some point when the, the situation is extremely difficult and that's the case. I'm not saying they should go. That's not what I'm saying because this is very personal. But I don't think they should request more prize money or, you know, if, if they need to make an effort on their prize money for a few months uh, for the ATP and the Grand Slams or the WTA to survive, they have, I think that's their responsibility to do it. I think it's not responsible to say, I don't care, I want the same prize money. Because this is, this is taking the risk to kill the, the person who's feeding them every day, and this is not a good idea. On the other hand, 
I understand that uh, the USTA wants to run the US Open because the USTA needs the money. Uh, they had to fire, I heard, 70 people. Uh, I guess that if the US Open doesn't take place, they will have to fire maybe 100 more, or I don't know. Mm-hmm. And this yeah. is not something you want to see. This is definitely not. So I'm happy that they're trying to, 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 to run the US Open because it's, it's money that they need. Uh, I just hope that it's not going to look too bad because it's a grand slam. It's the history of our sport. And I don't want to see a U.S. Open, which is which doesn't look like a Grand Slam, uh, because no crowd, because no players, because all the top guys will not, or women won't go. Uh, I hope there there is no quarantine when you get there, because I can't imagine players being 14 days in a hotel room just before playing a Grand Slam in five sets. This would <laughs> wouldn't look good, etc. Well, etc. Et so a lot of questions. So. It's extremely difficult to answer what should be done. I think everybody's trying to do the best to make the, 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 the best, uh, to, to take the best decision in that extreme situation. Yeah. Um, Alexi, talking about that, because obviously there's been a lot of talk about the, the, some of the best players, they're traveling with four, five, six people in their team, and suddenly should they not come? I mean, nobody is going to be at their best because we haven't played any matches. For that reason, should we, do you think, go out and, and play even if you can only bring one coach with you or one staff? Alexia, how, how do you feel playing a US Open while maybe not being at 100%? Because I don't think anyone is. Most of my career, I've traveled with just one person and that, that, that's my mom. So um, I, can, I can say that I'm used to traveling with one person. For the last two years, I've been traveling with two people. So my mom and a coach. So, um, and just this year, we wanted to, to bring on a fitness coach and then the virus happens and the tour got shut down, so we couldn't. But, um, you know, I personally will be able to play with one uh, team member coming. But for me, it's just the risk factors taking, um, you know, flying there, flying back, getting quarantined, all that stuff. It's kind of scary, you know, this virus is, is the real, it's, it's a real thing and it's not, I don't see, I don't think it's dying anytime soon. So um, I think people have to be extra, very, very vigilant with this. And um, that's what I'm being, that's what I'm being. And if that means missing out the US Open, then I I will. Patrick, hopefully uh, this UTS uh, happens for, is there any plans for women as well? I mean, I'm sure Serena is in your ear. Why aren't you (laughs) doing, but is, is that the plan? That's exactly what happened. When, when, when uh, the father of, of Alexei came to me with this idea, I called Serena and I told her, I think I'm going to do that. And she said, so are you doing also a women tour? And I said, <laughs> well, you know, it's difficult because we're just starting. We have to, to organize everything from scratch in two months. I think if I try to do both, I'm going to fail. And she said, you can't do that. You have to do women. She, she pushed me like <laughs> crazy because she wanted women also. Uh, actually, she br- she brought some great ideas. Also, um, it's definitely uh, going to be a, also women's tour, not only yeah. men, because yeah. I I mean I love women's tennis. I think it's great, and uh, and I want to I want to also advertise women as much as men. Guys, thank you so much, Alexei. Good luck uh, uh, in the Ultimate Tennis Showdown. Uh, good luck after that as well. Obviously, I'm, I'm hopefully I'll see you face to face soon, Patrick. Always a pleasure. Well done. 
very well done because it's kind of risky what you're doing. Uh, if it doesn't work, then it's risky. So well done for, for challenging the establishment in not only Ultimus Tennis Showdown, but with your uh, precision with Black Lives Matter. Uh, and I wish you all the best. Um, let's see you around the corner and uh, good luck to both of you guys. Uh, and uh, yeah, Alexei, go and win this thing now. I'll try Thank my you. best. I'll try my best. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. Thank you very Thank much. You Patrick. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.